Welcome to the Queer SLP, a podcast for the LGBTQ plus professional. Join two chatty speech language pathologists as we deep dive into queer culture, evidence-based research, and work-related issues. The Queer SLP's mission is to establish a sense of community, discuss informative content, and provide a space for other proud professionals to share their stories. Hello, and welcome to the Queer SLP. I'm Natalie. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Hector, and my pronouns are he, him. And we have a very special new kind of episode today. But before we do that, let's check in. Hector, what's going on with you? Yeah, um, I've started to shave my head. <laughs> with, <laughs> just because? Just, uh, you know what? Like, high key, because I'm trying to like embrace aging, uh, ah. and be authentic about that like it's so crazy to talk about it of course because mm-hmm. it's like every man's insecurity is like thinning or receding hairlines and so forth and i noticed mine was starting to go and i was like i could comb over this i could you know figure something <laughs> out for men. <laughs> yeah i could do all of that the new thing is him um which is a him h-i-m um, or maybe it's hymns with an s at the end but either way there's all these things that you can do mm-hmm. a- admittedly in my 20s i tried them like i did rogaine or minoxidil costco version of course because it was you know bulk and then <laughs> um you know like all the things as far as like i even did like finasteride which is like the the pill propecia and then, you know, of course, everything else outside of a transplant. <laughs> like pl- hair plugs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you can do a hairline transplant. But either way, it got to a point where I was just like, this is just not authentic me. Like I started yeah. wearing hats more often and all of these things I just wasn't feeling good about. And finally stumbled upon a good YouTube channel. If you, if any other people dealing with it, it's called The Bald Cafe on YouTube. Oh. Would highly check it out. Is it all about like baldness acceptance and yes. like love and one hundred percent? It oh, is and very empowering. <laughs> like I have low key cried watching some of the like oh. confessionals that people like it, and it just kind of like opens up that vulnerability of like what it is. Like so mm-hmm. many people, and then you look at the comments, and you look at like a uh, good example, Princess Will- Prince William. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Um, like when he started to go bald and everybody just kind of like shit on him because they were like, you were so, you know, he's Princess Diana's son. And I mean, admittedly, everybody had a crush on him, you know, like he was the boy uh, back in the day. Um, And then he lost his hair and people were like, you can get that fixed. And it's like, really? (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, do we do we really need to fix ourselves like that? Right, right. Yeah, I love that. So yeah. I'm so on a journey embracing it and you're just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to cue ball it. I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know, we're not quite like to the skin yet, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it's a good buzz either way. It's- I think it's a good thing to try to embrace, but also a good thing to reflect on one toxic masculinity and this, uh, you know, like that in- un- insecurity, like, yeah. you know, men aren't allowed to feel insecure about how they look or feel. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we definitely like, value women outwardly based off of how young they look and you know and so and it, how thin they are that's right one thing that i hear a lot about yep and there's so there's all these like beauty standards that mm-hmm. are all based in you know like male superiority to be honest um, yeah. <laughs> and the gaze of the white man but um but like unpacking all of that through 
you know, exposure to things like Vault Cafe and, and doing it myself has been, it's been a journey. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's been hard. Um, but it's good. You know, I'm finally in a good space now with it. Other than that, it is finally spring and it's starting to show here in Seattle. So we're st- mm-hmm. starting to see the blossoms and the sun and everything like that is coming out more and days are longer. I'm excited for us to eventually just be done with daylight savings in general. (laughs) Like, I'm like, that needs to just go. Like, I'm sorry, but... It messed me up for a whole week. Yeah. I didn't know what day it was. I was tired. The kids were like, uh, running around me and I'm just like, I can't do it. Yeah. Just, and you, you keep know? thinking, is it a full moon every day? Because that's the kind of behaviors you're starting to see. Like mm-hmm. anybody who works in education knows that like the full moon, you're like, oh God. Yeah. Full moon, snowstorm coming, barometric pressure drops or something. <laughs> and then oh. the kids are all on something. Oh, but yeah. Wild. Yeah. So yeah. other than that, just chugging along. What about you? Well, I'm good. You know, my knee is getting stronger every day, which is nice. Are you still in PT? No, I graduated from Hey! Yeah, I'm just getting out into the world. Tonight, after after we record this, I'm going to choir rehearsal. (laughs) (gasps) When's the last time you had choir? That's such a big part of your life. Yeah, so the last time I sang in a group was the end of February had a rehearsal. Okay. um, A choir rehearsal around the end of February. So it's been over two years. That was February, 2020. This is the longest I've gone without singing in choir since probably fifth grade. So is it a queer choir or how do you find your choir? I just did a lot of web searching until I found a choir that appealed to me. Okay. Um, it's not a queer choir. Um, I know there are queers in it. Does that make it a queer choir? I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm super excited about that. And a couple of nights ago, my wife surprised me with a mystery date. Ah. So, which, which is appropriate for this episode. I'll get to that in a second. So the mystery date is when you just tell your person, don't plan anything for this date. And I'm going to, we're going to do something and you don't know what it is. And so she told me, you know, March 18th, don't plan anything. And so on Friday, she took me to see a queen tribute band. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Called Almost Queen. Um, and they, you know, they dressed up and they did the, all the, you know, funny things that, you know, the movements and the costumes and like it just, I mean, you felt like you were at a Queen concert. I mean, at least what I think a Queen concert would have been because I was born too late for Freddie Mercury, <laughs> which makes me sad. Or maybe I wasn't born too late. It's just he died rather young. So he actually sang or did he lip sync? He sang. It was a full band, all dressed up. Of course, Freddie Mercury and Brian May and Roger, what's his name, and all the band members, they dressed up like them and like had their affectations and everything. It was just people were going crazy. Oh, yeah. It It was, you know, and it was all ages. Like there were young people and like obviously retirees that we were like, I bet you they saw Queen in person. (laughs) And it was just um... a blast. Uh, what is um, so I went to a cover band quotes um, and it was a boy band cover band uh-huh. and they were all lip syncing oh, and no. 
And you know, like, okay, no, like, okay, maybe big offense. I don't know. But like, as somebody part of the LGBTQ plus community, my idea of lip syncing has as much higher standard than the general population due to drag queens. And so... <laughs> because drag queens tend to have a quite a talent for that. Yes. You know, it's very yeah. important for them to have that talent. It is an art. And and yeah. these people, um, it, it just wasn't an art for them. And I was like super disappointed by it but you know the good thing was you know the funny the funny thing was that the opener for that act was ryan cabrera actually who Mm -hmm. is a like early 2000s like he dated ashley simpsons and and was on the hills for anybody that knows that reference but anyway i'm glad you actually had a cover band that sang so that's an exciting date anything else happen oh the opening act was a led zeppelin cover band Awesome. And the singer sounded amazingly like authentic. I was just like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Oh. And we got barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> good. Always dinner. good. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it's up with me. You know, I mean, things are good. I'm excited for choir tonight. So yeah, it's been a long time, I and know. I hope I don't cry. But if I do cry, that's okay. <laughs> would you feel? Would you cry because you're just excited to be back? Or yeah, yeah. okay. What is your um? Are you a like a soprano or what? Um, what I'm an alto. Are you? Okay, alto. I when I was younger, I had a soprano voice. Then um, we all, and yeah. then, pu- <laughs> and then puberty. <laughs> Andrea and I recently listened. To, uh, we watched a video of a acapella group that I was in in the early 2000s. Like a friend found a video. <laughs> Um, uh is it on youtube yeah oh yeah ah. <laughs> she put it on youtube and we watched it and i was like i cannot hit those notes anymore link in the caption by the way everyone if you yeah. want to look um, for I, it <laughs> i will do that with the warning to people that it is not appropriate for children <gasps> which is even more <laughs> it's, exciting it's, naughty. it's very naughty um you know but it's me it's vintage natalie from 2005 so <laughs> okay i can't and wait to hear notes it. that i can't hit anymore i'm definitely wow. not, so. oh okay well that's so exciting i can't wait to Yay. hear more about a choir experience yeah but uh yeah so we should we get into the episode yeah Are i mean full tra- i mean i'm excited <laughs> i'm nervous i'm like am i gonna just curse a lot i don't know you might curse you might full, curse full transparency i have no idea what natalie's going to talk about yes. um the whole like idea the mystery date <laughs> exactly exactly i'm it's, just here <laughs> yeah it's this is a mystery episode so hector has no idea what the topic is i've chosen the topic and i've done a little bit of research but mostly this is going to be a conversation so some hints this is a very big topic, so there's just no way we're going to cover all of everything in one episode. Okay. This affects everybody. <laughs> okay. Men, Quite... women, children, gay, straight, black, white, everybody, this this applies. Okay. This is a part of the human condition. Okay. Okay. Story time, story time. Mm-hmm. All right. So... My wife is almost 46. She'll be 46 next month in April. And she came out when she was 37. So about nine-ish years. And when she came out, she was married to a man, had been married to him for 12 years, and just didn't realize that she was gay. We've had lots of conversations about why. And there was one thing that that, that comes up a lot that maybe is less of an issue now because 
things are getting better in this topic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But one thing that comes up a lot is that she didn't think she was gay because of what she saw in the media there. You know, like if you think back to the late nineties, early two (laughs) thousands, there wasn't a, you know, there wasn't a lot of um, role models and the one, the people who existed, especially in, I think in the media is a great example of where this phenomenon appears. So, you know, you had Will and Grace, right. With like Jack, right. Mm-hmm. And you had Ellen DeGeneres mm-hmm. and she saw those things and said, well, that's not me. I'm not flamboyant and I'm not butchy. I'm, you know, I'm not any of those things. Therefore, I must not be gay. Can you guess what this phenomenon is that I'm going to talk about today? I've been trying really hard not to say the word <laughs> um, <laughs> of what this is. Tell me, because I, I don't want to just <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> butcher it. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about stereotypes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> this is a huge topic. This is so big. It's something I've wanted to talk about. And in, in my research, I'm finding that Andrea is not the only one who saw the stereotypes out there and heard about the stereotypes of gay people and said, well, that's not me, so I must not be gay. And then spends, you know, a huge chunk of her adult life thinking that she's straight because she, she doesn't fit those stereotypes. Oh, my gosh. I have so many thoughts about this. Like, yes. this is like a very current topic. Mm-hmm. Like, as of... I don't know if you heard about this five days ago from the New York Post. No. Their headline was dressing like a lesbian is the new fashion trend. <laughs> <laughs> and and it shows pictures of like Zendaya wearing a pantsuit. And, uh, and apparently that is hardcore lesbian. And so. Wow. Um, I missed that email. I must have gone into my junk folder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, ooh. And a, yeah, it, it talks about it being very fashionably sexy for straight women to dress like a lesbian. So talk about stereotype. Yes. So uh, take it away because I have yeah. thoughts. <laughs> so anyway, um, I have an inter- a nice quote to start off with. And this comes from the book called This Book is Gay by Juna Dawson. This is actually a young adult nonfiction book that I picked up because I liked the names of the chapters and I thought, Oh, this is really interesting. And anyway, I'm going to read from chapter four, which reads stereotypes are poo. (laughs) So she says stereotypes are useless for one very simple reason. They dehumanize people and allow terrible prejudices and discrimination to come creeping in. Bigots thrive on stereotypes. It is much easier to hate a faceless stereotype than it is a human being. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stereotypes about a lot of people and, you know, not just gay people, you know, mm-hmm. like you when you talk about stereotypes, you know, the Karen, right, is a stereotypical middle class woman, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mm-hmm. describe all middle class white women. Oh, yeah. Like, then not all of them are like, let me talk to your manager, you know, like a lot of times they are rooted in truth, but bigots love them. You oh, know, and, sure. I, and I think, you know, what you see in the current 
you know, situation with Southern states making all these regress, regressive laws on for transgender people. It's, ugh, it's based on stereotypes. Oh, yeah. They right? have literally said that it's a anti-grooming bill, you know, yes. and that, uh, you know, like such hurtful right? rhetoric that has on more than one occasion made me question my role in this specific field, you know, yeah. like that, you know, and so right. I, I get, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's one thing about, I think about our field is language is so powerful and it can define someone's reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how you teach, for example, teach pronouns to kids or, you know, pragmatic language to kids can very much give them a message about, you know, what people are supposed to be. Right. Well, it goes Um, along with masking mm -hmm. right up there, too, as far as trying to, like, say how you are and how you navigate this world is Mm -hmm. not right or needs to be corrected. Right. It's an interesting thing, stereotypes, because they could either go in your favor Mm -hmm. or they can quickly other you and make you, you know, seem less than. Um, And and sometimes they're very funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, one very funny stereotype for at least for lesbians is the whole U-Haul joke. Oh, that's you know? a, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> so okay, true. so for those on, who are uninitiated, <laughs> the joke goes: What does a lesbian bring to her second date? <laughs> a U-Haul, a right? U-Haul. <laughs> and this whole idea that like women tend to, you know, lesbians tend to move quickly and move in with each other quickly. In my you, opinion, that's a harmless stereotype. Like, whatever, who cares? Um, <laughs> like, if you want to move in with someone quickly, that's your choice. Um, right. I uh, I can admit that I have moved in with women very quickly in the past. I wonder if, like, there's some science behind that. You know, like, I would love to see yeah. the research behind all of these stereotypes within the LGBTQ community. Right. I wonder, you know, and these are just me far-reaching, of course, but, like... The idea that hunters and gatherers were being nurturers, like and and nesters yeah. and nesting, and having two lesbians together creates more of the need to nest. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, who I knows? Know. I mean, who knows? And like, it's just, but it, you know, not all stereo, like you said, not all stereotypes are bad. Not all of them are harmful. Some mm-hmm. of them, however, are extremely harmful and even deadly. Oh you yeah, know, these these laws that are you know, like going in on these some of these states are potentially deadly for example not allowing trans kids to come out to their teachers right right if that's the only safe person that they know we know that queer children are more likely to commit suicide than non-queer children right right, right? and yep. so they have if they have no one to talk to i see that becoming a real problem it's very hard to to navigate that as an SLP. I wonder what the SLPs in Florida and Texas have to say about yeah. these bills. Because, you know, it's one thing that, I mean, you have a whole classroom and maybe you have that opportunity to have that connection. But oftentimes in speech, you're, you can be small group or one-on-one mm-hmm. where, those, where these topics can come up. And in my experience, have come up. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so, like, how do you navigate that? Um, right. Especially because you're... 
we're already in a field that is so close to due process. Right. <laughs> like a lawsuit is just right around the corner every other time. And now you throw in the fact that I can't say gay quotes. Um, then that's even more reason for me to be like, time to get out. I'm, you know, like that yeah. would, if I was over working in those States, I would, yeah. I would leave the I'd field. Yeah. yeah. It just wouldn't be healthy for me to be there. Yeah. You know, and ma- even making, you know, parenting a, a child makes it more dangerous. Right. Because right. you're a CPS call away too, you know, yeah. which is crazy. They're all based on this idea of a stereotype that anything that right. one that we're grooming kids Right. And to that kids are too young to be exposed to it's not developmentally yeah. appropriate. Are you kidding me? Like, well, that, that reminds me of a podcast that I listened to called let's go there. Okay. And it's two black dads. It's their podcast. They did a podcast titled annoying LGBTQ plus stereotypes that need to stop. And their podcast was specifically about parenting Mm. and um, stereotypes in parenting. And I'll just run through a few of the stereotypes of being a gay parent, what they experienced, that having gay parents ruins a family, that there's no woman, like in their case, like who's the nurturer? Mm-hmm. Like there, And there's that stereotype that men can't be nurturing. And this doesn't apply just to gay men. It applies to uh, men in general, people have this stereotype that men can't nurture children saying that like queer people can't have children, maybe like biologically, biologically they can't have sex and have a child, but like, that doesn't mean they can't have children. Right. You know, we have interviewed parents on this podcast. Right. Now AC is a parent. Rebecca Von During's a parent. Right. There's also like, you're raising your children to be gay, which is getting to what you're saying, Hector, you know, there's this, Oh, it's like, oh, well, if you're a gay parent, you must be influencing your child to be gay. And it's like, but as a straight parent, wouldn't that say that you're influencing your child to be straight? And if that's true, then why are there still gay people? Right. (laughs) You know, like I came from straight parents. I had a two parent family, a mother and a father, and I still ended up gay. Right. It's, it, you know, even with their quote, straight influence, it doesn't compute, but that's what's weird about some of these stereotypes. And it doesn't address the idea that influencing one way or the other is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like as, yeah. as, either way, you're being told to not be authentic. Right. And and that's the big takeaway is it's like. And so, yeah, like uh, as far as like that stereotype, all those stereotypes, I would say I've heard them. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, the whole like we're ruining the family unit. That's why that was the whole big old idea with gay marriage mm-hmm. being an issue is, you know, I'm like ruining oh. the institution of marriage. Right. It's like I'm oh. like, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, whatever that means to you, I don't even know. But um yeah, no, there there's a lot of, you know things going on there because you know you have the idea of what it is to be an lgbtq plus parent and Mm -hmm. then that i just keep thinking more and more about like stereotypes of what it is to be a professional yeah and how those sorts of things don't align with the stereotypes of what it is to be gay and 
the big takeaway for me out of all of this is that all these stereotypes are another form of white supremacy. Oh, um, for sure, for sure. You know, and and specific to like the white cis male and how we only look at like other certain stereotypes in a positive light because they lean more towards that ideal. Yeah. Um, and anything that strays away from that is considered a negative stereotype. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the guys in this, you know, let's go there podcast and I'm sorry, I forgot to write down their names, but um, you know, they were talking about this and how, you know, a lot of people, what, you know, one of their theories was that, you know, people like to operate in, in familiar territory Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're if your state of familiar is, you know, that straight white kind of mentality, which is the ma- majority mentality, I'm using air quotes for majority because I have questions about that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when, you know, when someone doesn't fit exactly into that familiar territory, then, you know, you become vulnerable to stereotype, mm-hmm. to stereotyping others, I should say, you know, mm-hmm. like, because it scares you, right. it makes you uncomfortable. Um, and so you just kind of like leap to these sometimes wild conclusions. Another one that they talked about in this podcast was um, that if you're gay, then you must have been, been molested as a child. Ugh. Like, and that makes you gay. Um, which is categorically false, right? You know, not, not that, you know, there aren't gay people out there who have been molested, but it didn't make them gay. Right. Um, it's, it's just, um, it's extremely harmful to, and to it's super, it's super dangerous to, because then yeah. you're just assuming that, you know, especially from what we know, like you're assuming that therefore they are going to be more prone to. Mm-hmm. being pedophiles yeah and which is also not you know yeah i mean again, it's another stereotype another stereotype there's so much there's to go so on many. with that yeah <laughs> that's why i was like we can't possibly cover all of this topic in one yeah session but i thought it would be an interesting thing to talk about so in this book it this book is gay which i would totally recommend getting for the young people in your life i think it's great but there, there's, um, here's some other stereotypes that she talks about. So here's one. This one is a little funny. Um, all gay men dress like gods and dance like Fred Astaire. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I, I have had my time at Pride. <laughs> I have, Dressing I have, like a god? <laughs> I have gone shirtless. I have done all the things. You know, those stereotypes, yeah. specifically that one, has contributes significantly, I mean, it's about to get serious, to the body dysmorphia that exists oh, within yes. the gay community. Yes. It is, it, you're not worth a damn if you're not, you know, 8% body fat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and the it's, reality is, is that there are, you know, as many body types in the gay community as there are people. Right. But yeah, I mean, this kind of stereotype does contribute to... A lot of body issues. It's huge. Well, that's how it's portrayed in the media. Yes. Like, that's the reality. Like, I have not seen, uh, you know, like, I would say the most recent one would be um, <laughs> The Eternals. I loved The oh. Eternals because there was a non-white, so it was a, a black man, cis mm-hmm. male, 
um, at least, well, he's an eternal, so I don't really know gender, but um, <laughs> at the very least, he used he, him pronouns, but, you know, he, he, he was overweight, quotes, mm-hmm. because, you know, who defines that? But also, uh, and then he was in a relationship with a, also, I believe he was Hispanic male, but again, it was one of the, it was one of the first times that I had ever seen, like, non-white cis like gay and with like the most perfect body you know like it it portrayed in media that is all that we knew growing up yeah oh completely and you know i think back to you know when i was in my early 20s the l word was on Mm -hmm. tv and it was like for those of you who maybe don't know this show it's about a group of lesbians in los angeles they're all thin and femme and beautiful and like there's not really um a good representation of what lesbians really look like which is like runs the gamut and it gets me back to that article you mentioned about like the lesbian look being cool for straight women it's like well the lesbian look is pretty much any look right 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 you should you should just you know psa don't assume anyone's sexual orientation based on how they look Right. Well, or gender it's, identity. It is. It Just is don't. an interesting thing how <laughs> how you spoke about um, you know dressing like a god because I remember maybe you remember this when this term first came out. It might have been like mid to late two thousands, right at about the time of the that recession. Uh, mm-hmm. Metrosexual. Do you oh remember that? Gosh, I do remember that being a thing. <laughs> yeah, and it was about like basically a a, a cishet you know, male, like dressing nicely, you know, and by quote, quote nicely, because of course that's, you know, dependent on who you are, but, and how you view nicely, but basically they dressed like a stereotypical gay man with fitted clothes. And so and it it became a thing we had to, we had to call them metrosexuals. It was a way to group people for no specific purpose. I was like, well, you know, I mean, what's wrong with a straight guy wanting to dress nice? Right. You know, we don't need a term for that. You know, maybe he's just, you know, he smells nice, which is, I approve, um, especially if I'm riding the bus next to you. Right. And it all has to do with the fit of the clothing. That's that's basically it. So it's, it's, it is, that's an interesting (laughs) stereotype. Are there any others? Um, Let's see. All gay women have short hair. What would you say is the quote stereotypical? I mean, short hair is so there's a range. Like, mm-hmm. are we talking about like a bob, a pixie, a, a like a male haircut, like a stereotypical male haircut, right? Okay, short hair. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Like a yeah. Caesar, a Caesar cut. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like again, there are lesbians out there that have short hair. Yeah. But there are straight women out there that have short hair. Right. And there are lesbians that have long hair. Again, uh, the, as many people as there are in their world, that's how lesbians look. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I know quite a few lesbians in my life. And I'm like, most of them have like mid to long hair, which yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything else? I, I'm, okay, I'm okay. so curious. I'm like thinking there's going to be a whole list of these. Um, let's see. Gay men are massive sluts. <laughs> <laughs> define mess i mean <laughs> again that's subjective right right <laughs> i mean 
sexually liberated i don't know like what how do you want to define that and why you know like i i guess what i think what what comes to mind for me is um do you remember that tv show queer as folk Mm -hmm. like they were always it's like about a group of gay men and they they were always having sex with people all the time which is so interesting because even if we are we are the most tested group Mm -hmm. for stis you know, and HIV. So I would, I know many uh, a cishet person who has never been tested and has had multiple partners. And so even if we are, quote, stereotypically more slutty um, <laughs> than others, we're healthy about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that whole thing about, I mean, here we go with that stereotype, right? Like gay men get AIDS, like that mm-hmm. HIV and AIDS is a gay disease. Like, that stereotype yeah. is is very dangerous, but also yes. inaccurate because it's dangerous for straight people, <laughs> right? What a false sense of security, right? One. Yeah, but they just found that, um, at least I just saw, and like it was probably in the UK or somewhere that uh, for the first time in ten years, women ha- had a higher rate of HIV cases than than gay men. Um, but you know, like there you go. There you go. And also, I'm like, when's my blood going to get accepted? Yep, right? Still. <laughs> but For those still. of you that don't know, you know, gay men aren't allowed to give blood, to donate blood. I remember it was in the, like, the, there was a shortage recently within the last couple of years. And they literally said the the exception was you could be gay, but you can't be a practicing homosexual within three months of giving blood. And I <laughs> was like, practicing what? homosexual? <laughs> right. Can we find like you could, what it means by to yeah. be practicing homosexual? Yeah. I'm like, you can't have had any male sex. And I'm like, okay. Um, so you, you're, my blood's good after three months? Like, what? Yeah. What is the difference? Yeah. Please tell me the logic behind yeah. that. Um, there's no logic. But yeah, that there's another stereotype for you. Here's one. Tran- transsexual people are cross-dressers. <sighs> <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> right. you know, cross-dressing is a very specific thing that there are, you know, like cross-dressing is someone who identifies as a man who likes to dress in women's clothing. Right. But trans people are that gender. They're not just enjoying wearing the clothes of a sex that they were assigned at birth. Like, right. You know, and not all people who are trans tra- actually like transition, right. <laughs> like yeah. fully, like, and, um, it just goes up to yeah. that. It just goes back to that bullshit of passing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just, it, it's a lack of understanding of, you know, of gender differences. It, it, you know, it's not that there aren't people who cross dress, but, Trans people just aren't cross-dressers. It's not even the same thing. Right. But people make, somehow make that this connection. I, uh. But if you're <laughs> trans, that you are a cross-dresser. Yeah. Huh. Just, mm, huh. No, no, that's not true. That, like, makes me want to punch someone. Right? It, I mean, that one, <laughs> that one definitely raises my hackles a, a lot more than some of these other ones. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, it, again, it's just so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous, so dangerous to have dangerous, these. you know, and it's like, I think it's that mentality that gets people afraid of, you know, trans people using the correct bathroom is like, well, you know, they're, they're only cross-dressing to like 
fulfill some kind of fantasy and they want to go into the women's bathroom and uh, right no right <laughs> it's just right, not true right um yeah here's a good one gay women all have cats i must be a gay woman <laughs> there you go <laughs> and you know i mean i guess I, I i guess i sort of fit this stereotype i have two cats i've always had cats love them but you know and and you have short hair <laughs> Sort of. I mean, it's like shoulder length. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's curly. So if it, if it actually, yeah. you know, we're straightened. But my wife has uh, Which I'm hair. so curious. Yeah. She does have short yeah. hair. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. The cat thing. Yeah. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I think the new thing for gays is being plant daddies. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of that. But, or no. plant gay. Um, yeah. So, but I know that you're a plant yeah, daddy. <laughs> I, I know I am now, uh, which is I would, uh, you know, I would blame the influence of my boyfriend for that and, and the cats, too, because those are his cats. So but yeah, there's all kinds of things that we assign to. I'm like, I'm pretty sure cishet people have plants and cats <laughs> and short hair. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. And I'm, I realize we haven't really talked much about bisexual people. I'm trying to find oh, it. I, I think I know the biggest bisexual yeah. stereotype, or at least the idea about, yeah. is that they haven't made a decision yet. Right, right. <laughs> and that, like, when they have, when they, you know, have a partner, they're, they're, like, choosing to be either in the straight camp or the gay camp. And it's like, you can't right. possibly be bisexual and be, like, married to the opposite sex because you're blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's just like, you can be bisexual and, and, be with someone of the opposite sex or the same sex, you're still bisexual, you know? Right. You're not confused. I could imagine, like, how difficult, not, I guess, difficult, but how much, you know, societal pressures you get for identifying as, for example, like, bisexual and pansexual. Yeah. You know, I'm sure people would be like, hmm, you know, and so it's such an interesting thing how we have these societal norms that have been created that we want to pigeonhole people into mm-hmm. uh, so that they, so it makes sense to us, yeah, you know, and the us is in quotes for, you know, anybody who wants to be a supremacist. Yeah. Again, you know, like, like I said at the beginning, the quote that I read at the beginning, bigots love these, they love stereotypes, right. you know, it makes them feel more comfortable about themselves. It does. Or yeah, because it, it's a, a quick way to other yeah. people, and it's a quick way to say you know, and to make mass generalizations, especially about things that are culturally relevant. Yeah, you know, like yeah, you can you're calling this a stereotype, whereas somebody else could say my culture values this. Yeah, why is it a stereotype? Like I remember one that I heard growing up, especially especially that was kind of like that Asians eat, you know, cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, I hear you um, as far as what, I, you know, where your concern is if you have your own pet. But mm-hmm. like, please recognize that like in the Philippines, you know, maybe what if you what if they do, you know, like yeah. who <laughs> like culturally we have decided which animals are OK and are not OK to eat uh, based yeah. off of yeah. what. Um, you know, so it was, it was so harmful growing up because it was, that was like the main, one of the main ones that I always mm-hmm. heard growing up was that like, we eat cats and dogs. Um, yeah. And you know, it's, ugh. 
It, yeah, it, 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 it was. It just it was, doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it was such an interesting thing because it was clearly meant to be harmful. And when mm-hmm. when someone said yeah. it, no one was like, "Oh, is that the kind of cuisine that you you know?" <laughs> no one was. No one was curiously asking that. Like, kind of no, question. it were, was. It was always it was meant as a as a barb. Yeah. As a, mm-hmm. Someone was making a dig. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I think that you know, overall, it's just these these things can sometimes be harmless, harmless um, things, but they can also, they can also kill people. Right. Well, we kind of talked about this. I'm curious if you have any information there. If not, we can make it a conversation, but in our previous, like what's your type episode, we kind of talked about like the stereotypical SLP Mm -hmm. and what that means. Um, Yeah. Do you have anything on that? Or should we just come up with our own stereotypes from what we know? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, let's talk about that, right? Because, again, like the, like I said, this stereotypes affect all of us, mm-hmm. everybody. And there are stereotypes in SLPs. I remember, know, I think, specifically, my friend, yeah. when I first got into the field, she mm-hmm. says, you know what I we always called SLPs? And I was like, what? She's like, a twin set with pearls. Yeah. And I was like, what? Oh my God. First of all, I didn't, you know, my naive ass was like, what's a twin set? Right. And then I, and then I Googled it and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Twin set with pearls is what people sometimes call SLPs. Yeah. Um, I think another stereotype of, of SLPs is like being type A. Right. Oh yeah. Being very organized and, you know, and I think that there's a stereotype of pediatric SLPs of being cutesy, mm-hmm. like having all these cutesy materials and cartoony materials and like what people is that? TPT, yeah. like teachers pay teachers and you see all the, like the cutesy materials for pediatric SLP and like, again, nothing like wrong with that most of the time. Um, there are some, maybe some problematic things, but for those of us who maybe don't want cutesy stuff, like, like it can be hard to find. There's a term uh, that's being used now to describe those cutesy stuff. Um, and it's it's not a positive term, I don't think. I'll have to think about it a little bit more. But yeah, yeah. it's a very big stereotypical kind of way. Like, <laughs> you mm-hmm, use comic mm-hmm. sans and, and swirly figures. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> and all oh. of those things. Well, I remember when, when you and I started like make, like thinking about our logo for the Queer SLP we were looking at a lot of different logos and some of them were very cutesy, like for like SLP, different SLPs or OTs or whatever. It's just like very cutesy. And I, I don't want to put down that because I, you know, to each his own, you know, but I'm like, <laughs> but, you know, it's just like it. I think that it's a, it can also be a stereotype. Again, stereotypes are sometimes rooted in, in some real reality. Well, I did read Sometimes. one. <laughs> I read a comment. I don't know what the evidence is to, to support this, but somebody like, you know, like Comic Sans, for example, is always getting, you know, like <laughs> joked on. And I, someone wrote a comment once that like, we use Comic Sans because it's one of the most legible ones for people who are visually impaired. Okay. And I was like, I would like, ah. please cite your evidence. Um, yes, please. <laughs> and also Comic Sans. Yeah. I I worked at a private practice once where that was the font they used for everything. Like that was their like they had chosen a font 
for all their documentation and and it was comic sans and i was just like yeah (laughs) it's it's super hard to it's funny because it's like we're we're pinning one stereotype against the other in that one right like yeah. Anything that's not co- like <laughs> non comic sense, which is like yeah. professional, right? right? And then uh, the other one is, um, you know, more. Yeah, I don't know, like sh- the sh- the Chevron Prince and the you know, like so forth. Yeah. And again, not hating on anybody, but this is a stereotype that is out there. Yeah. Um, and I think that was yeah. like you said, we wanted to be we want we wanted to represent our aesthetic. You know, and mm-hmm. our aesthetic does did not match that stereotype. Um, yeah, we also want to like show that 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 there are options outside of those stereotypes, yeah. especially for something like the queer SLP. So, yeah, but yeah, it's hard to get away from stereotypes. You know, any topic. And one thing that I really try hard to do is to not let those stereotypes creep into my thinking. You know, I'm a person that's grown up in the world and. You know, I'm ex- just like everyone. I'm exposed to stereotypes all the time. Um, and I think that that's, you know, kind of to sort of get us in- into the closing out the podcast mode. Like, what do we do now? Like what, you know, that's one thing that I'm like always trying to do is like, well, what do I do about stereotypes? Because it's something that we're all exposed to. No one is immune. So if you think you're immune to stereotypes, um, I have some bad news. <laughs> we are all vulnerable to stereotypes and stereotyping other people. And so I went on a quest on the Asha website to look for any recommendations for stereotyping people. And I didn't find anything. Well, it's so interesting because isn't like um, in the DSM part of the damn diagnostic criteria for autism is like exhibiting stereotypical behavior. Yeah. Which I mean, I think they mean like stereotypical movements or like, I mean, but still it's like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that's a whole other bucket of worms. Like talking about stereotypes for people with disability, autistics or yeah. General disability. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like that's a whole other topic that we could talk about. That's a good one. Yeah, because we're just basically but, um, looking at profiles and saying yeah. you fit this mold of mm-hmm. what we expect somebody with this criteria. Therefore, you have this. Um, right. It's the same thing with what we do with non-disabled people. Appears yeah. um, is trying to figure out how we fit. You know the mm-hmm. the queer community and how we fit within yeah. the label that exists for them. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. As far as yeah, there sounds like there's nothing <laughs> because that would require Not on the actual <laughs> website. I mean, when I, you know, when I plugged in LGBTQ plus stereotypes into ASHA, I got a few journal articles, which admittedly I did not read because I didn't have the time, but nothing like recommendation, no, no recommendations for how to work with LGBT people. What about non-evidenced ones? Is there anything out there that you saw no. at all? Well, huh. so I, I I went to the Googleas, yeah, and I googled the same thing, mm-hmm. and I found a really great PDF on the American Bar Association website. Mm. They have a commission on sexual orientation and gender identity. Okay, so you know attorneys out there, woo! And I'll, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. I think this thing's amazing. It's four pages long of like do's and don'ts of working with LGBTQ people. I think it's amazing. 
I'm only going to go over the section that they talk about stereotypes and assumptions. But like I said, it's four pages of recommendations. I think they're great. Um, Nothing stood out to me as a red flag. um, But if you read it and you see a red flag, I'd love to know about it. So anyway, here are their do's and don'ts for stereotypes. This one's a good one. (laughs) Don't assume that LGBT persons are more open to discussing sex. Oh, yes. Right? I mean, ask. <laughs> I mean, because I'm definitely down, but like, ask. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't, ass- don't assume that I want to talk about my sex life um, or anyone else's, you know, just because I'm a lesbian. And don't assume that I'm like into kink because I will never let anybody kink shame. But one, don't assume that I am, you know. Right. So. It said, okay, don't use language that sexualizes LGBT persons. Like that kind of goes along with that, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like again, just a little, another PSA, like gay people are more than their sexual orientation. Well, that's why there's so much, that's why there's so much pushback against this because that's all people see us for is being like sexual predators and and, yeah. and 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 more than one way like not just even towards you know yeah young children but towards each other <laughs> yeah so um you know think about it i like this one do treat lgbt persons the same as anyone else <laughs> <laughs> which is just so simple i mean it's right? such a bummer that that has to be written in there but like yeah. they, they wrote it in there and i was like yeah yeah, like what a thought. You know, if, if if you're you know practicing SLP, which I'm assuming you are, listening to this, um, and a client walks into your office, and maybe they have a gay parent, or maybe they're gay themselves, or they're trans, just treat them like a person because that's what they are. And like, when in doubt, ask. Like, yeah. please don't make assumptions. Don't get yeah. awkward, especially like if it's parent teacher conference time or an IEP time and you're like, whoa, you know, yeah. <laughs> like maybe if a parent walks in, you know, if a parent walks in, don't ask, you know, where's where's the mom or wherever. Like, right. We should just like stop if, doing that in general because yeah. there's so many different family makeups that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, well, this goes back into like what we were just talking about do understand that an individual's LGBT status is only a very small part of who they are. Mm. You know what? That is such a good one. I would love for the LGBTQ, young LGBTQ community to also kind of like listen to that one because it took me years to figure that out. Like, that's not all that I am. For a long time, you had to fight for that part to be I, you know, like acknowledged right. from the outside world. Yeah, I mean, world. this is something that I think, yeah, we as LGBTQ people fall into this a lot, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, same as what you were just saying for me, like for, you know, so much of my young time, I I had to fight for who I was. And I, there's, but that you, there comes a point where you realize that there's more to your identity than your sexual orientation. Right. Um, so, you know. That's a good one. I love that, that people, one. Yeah, good people, job, people, Ally. People, good job, yeah, Bar good, Association. <laughs> good, good job, American Bar Association. Do not assume that LGBT individuals have certain politics, views, etc. Oh, that one is, oh. <laughs> not all 
queer people are liberals. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Some of them are conservatives. Yeah. Um, it creates a lot of infighting. But yeah. I mean, it creates it's just a like, lot of infighting within the community. You're right. Yeah. We're not all activists. No. We're, you know, know, just, I've said it a few times, but I'll say it again. As many types of people that there are out there are, you know, gay people, we run the gamut. Yeah. Um, We're not going to have, yeah. We're multifaceted and ever-changing people. Yes. Just like everyone else. We're just all about the growth. Um, Okay. This is their last, best one in their stereotypes section. Okay. Don't make assumptions about a person's gender identity slash expression based on their sexual orientation and vice versa. For example, assuming that a gay man is interested in fashion solely because he is gay. Mm. Right? That's a great document. I will say (laughs) And I will tell you just quickly the other headings. Mm-hmm. So they have a section on termino- terminology and word choices. So which words not to use, which words to use okay. to describe a gay person. Um, conversation. So what topics to bring up, what topics not to bring up. Uh, awareness. So just being aware of people. I don't know what that one means. Um, I have a whole section on, um, working with transgender people, mm-hmm. um, and like what, what words to use, what words not to use, what, to, you know, what you should, what topics you shouldn't even ask. There's a gender identity section, mm. pronoun section. Um, I love their bathroom section. It has one bullet point. Don't police people's bathroom choices. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, That's all you um, need. <laughs> They have a section on how to be supportive to queer people. And then they have a resources section. I think this is great. Um, I would love to have people's input on this document in particular. Um, And maybe even how we could apply things to speech therapists and maybe put a little pressure on Asha to have a similar document. I mean, it would be great. I mean, again, even as professionals just trying to navigate this, yeah, this setting, um, it's it's tough, you know. I think a big part of undoing or un, undoing the trauma and the hurt and the you know like damage of of stereotypes, mm-hmm. especially the harmful ones, is is um, realizing your value is more than just that one part of you, your identity. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And similar yeah. to like <laughs> my ball journey, uh, yeah. you know, like yeah. finding community out there where mm-hmm. you can be like, I, you know, because stereotypes are a way to other people, you know? And yeah. so when you're, you're other, you feel isolated, you feel, you know, like that, that's just you um, in, mm-hmm. in a negative way. And so like finding ways to find community and, and seeking it out is a great mm-hmm. way to, to find strength in numbers. Um, yeah. So resources like that, like you just, added are a great way for people navigating the professional world to kind of like find community even in their jobs oh i just keep thinking about that one stereotype i'm sorry just random tangent (laughs) but that like that cishet men think about gay men all the time that just like that we all want you (laughs) yeah i mean 
<laughs> but I mean, that's another like that's that's another stereotype. But like, oh, you know, it's like hmm. you know, and just because a queer person is friendly to you doesn't mean that they're hitting on you. Right. And it doesn't mean that they find you attractive. Right. Um. Well, it's the yeah, same sorry, people. Burst your bubble there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same way that um, cishet men would think about like if a cishet woman was talking to them just you know like mm-hmm. or or and vice versa don't get me wrong like some people oh, yeah. are just raised to be polite and friendly mm-hmm. and it doesn't yeah. have any other ulterior motives um yeah it's it's an interesting you know thing to yeah. discuss you know, that that stereotype it, it is to me that's really sad you know the to assume that someone always has that ulterior motive mm-hmm you know, it's just like, are you so that mistrustful of the world that you think that people are out to get you? Right. Even that, like, it's just, it's are you hard? Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're very threatened by something. And, and that says more about how you view versus the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and probably your place in it. Um, but, but yeah, um, lots to unpack there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Feel free to like share with us some stereotypes we don't know because I would love to hear what other people have mm-hmm. heard. Not just you know LGBTQ, but you name it: SLP, um, ethnicity, race. Um, yeah, there's so much out there. Talk yeah. to us about it. Share with us, and let's keep talking about these things yeah. because they exist yeah. and they impact mm-hmm. us, our practices, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Yeah, I mean, it, it impacts the way that we we interact with the world, with other people, um, always. You know, and it's like it's it, we're all victims to the stereotypes. It you know, no one is immune, right? Um, and so it, it's a thing that you know we all need to be aware of. You know, and and in your own life, I don't know, maybe when you find yourself making an assumption or thinking something about someone stop and ask yourself, you know, is this, is this a stereotype? Am I, is this something, you know, is this something that's rooted in reality of, you know, in the reality of the situation? Or is this something that I was taught when I was young? Right. Like, where is yeah. it, where is it coming from? Yeah. Don't just accept things that stuff all the time. Oh, totally. You know, that's, that's how, that's how we grow. We have to, we have to think about our own thoughts metacognition well right? there's all that like we demonize the word woke now and i'm like right you know what i'll be woke i'd rather be woke than yeah. not woke <laughs> so the same way that people demonize terms like liberal and progressive i'm like i'll be those things <laughs> and, yeah. and i'm happy to be them yeah. um so anyway great episode yeah so it's a it's a very deep topic, I know, but um, I hope that everyone out there maybe learned something today. And yeah, I have an idea but, for mine. Okay, so you're gonna do the next the next mystery podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll see how it goes, but yeah. <laughs> All righty. Okay, well, thanks for stopping in, they, everyone. And, yeah, and, and join us next time on the Queer SLP. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Queer SLP. Want to be featured on our Instagram page or be on the show? Check us out at thequeerslp.com for more information. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Queer SLP. If you enjoyed listening, be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends, family, and colleagues. 
Bye. Bye.